Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. stand please Matthew 21 verse number 12 the Lord gave me this message several years ago, and I preached. I preached a little bit of it back in the summer. Everything. The only thing last Sunday, Monday night, I preached what I preached Sunday night. Last night, what I preached, I hadn't preached since 2020. This one, I preached a little bit this summer. So the Lord uh, gave me a little mercy. Last night, I was a cramming. Now, what did I mean when I wrote that down? I had to look back in the outline. So, but uh, Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the mudding changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And the chief priests and the scribes, and when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Can you believe that? Verse 16. And he said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thy perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and lodged there. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord. The songs tonight have pointed, uh, Lord, to the word of God. And, Lord, the only way we know about that glad reunion day is because of the word of God. And I thank you for that. I give you glory for it. And, Lord, as we open up your word tonight, I pray that every heart could be and would be spoken to from the word of God. Lord, you settled this in my heart this afternoon, Lord, for the final part of the meeting of my part. Lord, I want to challenge this church as a body to keep on keeping on for the glory and the honor of God. Bless and protect my family while I'm away. Bless my service at our church tonight. Bless Brother Wimburn as he preaches for me. Use him, God, I pray. Be with us tonight in this service. Get glory to yourself. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. You Bible students understand as we come to our text tonight, this is the second purification of the temple. And this one took place about one week before Jesus would die on the cross for our sins. We understand the first purification of the temple is found in John chapter number 2. And that was for teaching. And that was, that was at the beginning of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the second purification of the temple is one of one and judgment, and that came at the end of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus began and ended his earthly ministry at the temple. Now, what was the temple? Well, to the Jews, it was the place of worship. It was the place where the Word of God, the Torah, would be told and declared. And if you'll allow me for sake of illustration tonight, it is a type and a picture of the church. Amen. And I want to I look at this text tonight. I want to say I thank God for the church. Amen. 
I'm glad I'm a part of a local church. Somebody said, Preacher, do you believe in the universal church or the local church? Yes. What I mean by that is when you got saved, you were in the part of the body of Christ, the universal. Amen. I'm not talking about like the Roman Catholics believe. Somebody say amen right there. But I'm talking about the body of Christ. Hey, those churches, you support those missionaries. They are a part of the same body of Christ that you are a part of sitting here tonight in Lexington, South Carolina. But I also believe in the local church. Amen. And that is what you are sitting in tonight. The, the, the universal church, if you would, is invisible and the local church is visible that you are a part of. Amen. And I'm glad I'm a part of the church. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Paul said that thou mayest know us how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God and is the pillar, not pillow, but it is the pillar. Somebody said, what's the difference between a pillar and a pillow? A pillow folds under pressure, but a pillar stands and it holds up the way and it is the pillar and the ground of the truth. I'm so glad I was raised in church. Amen. I was raised on a church pew, got saved at the age of five by the grace of God. God called me to preach 20 years ago this past August. It all took place at the church. I got saved at church. I got called to preach at church. I proposed to my wife at church. I got married at church. Amen. I thank God for the church. This is my fifth straight night preaching in church. Amen. I just love church tonight. Amen. And I thank God for the house of the Lord. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. He said, I was glad. He didn't say he was sad. He didn't say he's mad. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, if 2020 told us anything, it should have told us the value of the local church. It should have told us that we take church for granted so many times. We take the singing for granted. We take the preaching for granted. We take the fellowship for granted. But I want to thank God for the church tonight. How many times you come in weary on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and your heart's been burdened and you didn't know if you could take another step only to get down to the house of God and they begin to sing and they begin to pray and the man of God begin to preach and God touched your soul and God met your need. That didn't take place down at the ball game. That didn't happen down at the lake or the family reunion. But honey, that took place in the house of God at the church of God. Thank God for church tonight. What I'm interested in though in this text, I saw this some years ago, is in this text, verse number 15, there are children in this church. The Bible said, and when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple. I want to look at these verses tonight. I want to preach on this thought. The kind of church I want for my children. The kind of church that I want for my children. I got three children at home, Dax and eight, and Sattler six, and little Judah Rain just turned eight months old. And I, I thank God for, uh, actually just turned nine months old. And I thank God for my children. And I tell you, the older that I get and the older they get, I realize the importance of the local church in their life. Hey, these children are beautiful and cute around here, but I'm going to tell you, they're going to need to be saved by the grace of God. They need to hear the gospel. They need to be born again. They need 
need to be birthed to the family of God. And I'm going to tell you, they ain't going to get saved on the ball field. And they ain't going to get saved at the family reunion. And they ain't going to get saved at a cheer camp. Amen. But I'm telling you, if they're going to get saved, they're going to get saved as a result of the ministry of the local church. And I see some principles in this text tonight about the kind of church that I want for my children. It's all in our text. Number one, I want a church that has the Savior's presence. Look at verse number 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God. I don't know about you, but I the kind of church that I want for my children is the church that Jesus goes to. Amen. I tell you, I don't want to take my, amen, I'm feeling pretty good now. I don't want to take my children to a dead church tonight. I don't want to take my church to a, to a dry church or to a contemporary church, but I want to take them to a church where Jesus goes. Amen. The Bible, te- I see two things in this text. First of all, I see the priority. And Jesus went into the temple of God. Now we understand that Jesus was 100% God and he was 100% man. But yet he knew the importance of being faithful to the temple, being faithful to that place of worship. And honey, I got news for you tonight. If the Lord Jesus Christ, who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth, if he thought it was important to be faithful to the house of God, how much more should you and I that are not sinless, that are not perfect, but we deal with this flesh, how much more should we be faithful? to the house of God. The Bible said in Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Hey, I want to be faithful to church because there's a command that's scriptural. Paul said not forsaking. That word forsaking means to abandon or to desert. Right. I want to be faithful to our church and the congregation of the saints. He said the assembling of ourselves together. How about you tonight? But I don't fit in out there in the world. Right. I, I don't understand their ideology. I don't understand what they believe. But I tell you, I fit in with this crowd tonight. Amen. I fit in with that crowd that knows something about Calvary. I know something about grace. I know something about the blood of Jesus Christ. That's my crowd, thank God. Amen. I want to be faithful to church because of the compromise of some. He said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Apparently they were laying out of church in Hebrews 10 too. <laughs> and Paul said, I don't want to be like him. Sure. He said, I want to be faithful because of the charge of the saved, but exhorting one another. The calendar of the services and so much the more. And the coming of the Savior as you see the day approaching. This ain't the time to have less church. This is time we need more church. Amen. We don't need less preaching. We need more preaching. Amen. The priority, but notice the place. He went into the temple of God. Now, you know what this temple had? It had a label. It was the temple of God. Right. It wasn't just the temple. Yes, sir. It wasn't just the rock. It wasn't just the river. It wasn't just the iguana. It was a, well, I mean, iguana's just as good as some of the goofy names I've heard of some churches. Amen. I've heard of Hanging Dog Baptist Church. Amen. Unity Baptist Church number two, and that's not a lie. Amen. They, Unity Baptist Church split. They went down the road and started Unity Baptist Church number two. Probably wasn't much unity there. Amen. I, but I'm telling you that Jesus went into the temple of God. In other words, it belongs. So I said, preacher, I just don't think that bad. Baptist name means anything on our side. Well, the Bible said that John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness, and in Matthew 3, Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan under John to be baptized. Jesus walked 40 miles in the desert to get baptized, not by a Methodist preacher, not by a Presbyterian preacher, but by a Baptist. 
Baptist preacher. And if Je hey, I'll say this tonight. If John was a Baptist, and he was, and John baptized Jesus, and he did, that tells me that Jesus must be a Baptist. Amen. Right. Amen. I'm just deducing things. Yes. I mess these people up when you say that. But that's all right. I'm in the messing up business. Amen. Yeah. Reach it, bro. Hey, I wouldn't take medicine that didn't have a label on it. Sure. But you're a people, they go to the rock, or they go to the river, or they go to the spring, or whatever it is, or, or the iguana. If I, hey, man, they go to all that kind of stuff. So I say, you making fun of them? Yeah, I'm making fun of them. Amen. I'm just telling you tonight, thank God we go to a church that we know what it is. Amen. We walk in. Hey, when we walked into that barbecue restaurant, it said buffet and barbecue. I expected to walk in and see a long line of food and a bunch of people. Amen. And that's what I saw. And when I walked into a ball game, I expect to see home plate, first, second, third base, a pitcher, a catcher, first, second, third, shortstop, right field, left field, center field, a catcher, an umpire. I expect to see all that. Why? I'm at a ball game. And when I go to a Baptist church, I expect to see a pulpit. I expect to see people gather to worship God. I expect to hear the Word of God preached. I expect to hear the souls of Zion saying, hey, I want to go to a church where Jesus is. Hey. Don't you? Yes, sir. Not only a church that has the Savior's presence, I want to go to a church that has sanctified purity. Look at verse 12. Yes, and he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats and them that sold doves. You know what Jesus did? He walked into that place and he cleaned house. Right. Yeah. I love all these people who say, well, Jesus, he was just so tender and mild and kind. <laughs> and they painted to be that long-haired, effeminate, limp-wristed, petting a little dove. Nope. Oh, no. He walked in, started turning over tables. Hey, man, can you see doves flying all the place? His goats are running off. He's turning over and said, Hey, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but she made it a den of thieves. Yes, sir. Can you imagine the congregation that day? Jesus has a terrible spirit. So mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he's doing? Sanctified purity. He said, I want my house to be clean. Amen. Hey, you know what this crowd was doing? Two things. They were charging for worship. Now, they could sell doves and sacrifice at the temple because people drove, uh, drove, people came a long distance uh, to worship there at the temple. But what they were doing, they were upcharging the sacrifices and patting their pockets right, right, right. and making the gain to themselves. By the way, them jokers are still out there today. Right. You Kenneth Copeland's and your Benny Hens. Amen. And all that crowd is stealing God's money and, and robbing little old widow ladies. Amen. And they're just a bunch of fakes and a bunch of phonies. Amen. And false doctrine. Now we got it. They even have Baptists on their side now. God help us. Amen. They were, uh, God will share his grace with every man. God will share his goodness with every man. But he won't share his glory with any man tonight. They were charging for worship. They were crooked in their ways. These men did not have the praise and the glory of God in their heart and mind. They had the idea of making a making a profit for themselves and, and, and making themselves feel better about being at church. Right. We still have that. They go to church. I want to go to church, get my blessing. Mm -hmm. This ain't the fair. Right. <laughs> go and get me a blessing. I got a buddy of mine. You'd love him. His name's Brother Keith Voles. Brother Keith's out of McQuaidy, Kentucky. He's a yes, man. He preaches circles around me. I mean, just he is the preachingest man I know. Yes, and God's got his hand on him. And Brother Keith said they have a man in their church that, that uh, Brother Keith said, I wouldn't have done this, but this man in their church was witnessing to a co-worker trying to get him to come uh, to their church at Pleasant View there in McQuaidy, uh, Kentucky. And he was trying to get me. He said, well, look, man. He said, I'll come to your church if you'll come visit my church. 
Well, the guy said, okay. He said, what do you have church that I had on Saturday night? He said, well, good. I won't miss one of my services. I'll go with you Saturday night, but you got to come with me Sunday morning. He said, deal. I don't recommend that, but that's what this boy did. And so he went to that contemporary church with his co-worker that night, and they just started standing there, and they all stood up and started doing like that. And, my, and Brother Keith's buddy standing there going, what y'all doing? He said, oh, man, we're receiving the blessing. We're receiving the blessing. And he said, I'm going to tell you what's different about your church and my church. At my church, we don't praise the Lord like this. We're not receiving nothing. We do it like this because we're giving a blessing. Amen. Hey, it ain't about us getting anything. It's about us giving him praise. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right. I want to go to a church that has a Savior's presence, sanctified purity. Number three, I want to go to a church that has the preaching of the Scriptures. Look at verse 13. And he said unto them, it is written. He took, watch what this kind of preaching was. It was Bible preaching. Right. He said, it is written. Right. Hey, he didn't bar their imagination. He didn't tell them some funny yeah. story. He didn't take them uh, to some story about grandma or grandpa from 1944. He opened up the Word of God, and he began to preach what the Bible said. Hey, I, I tell you, that's what we need. Hey, the story, you know, preachers are bad about stories. Because preachers can't never tell them right. <laughs> hey, let's just be honest. Can I, I'm a church kid. Let's just be honest. What time you're a church kid? We can talk about this. I've heard that story about, about that girl in the back row of the revival meeting, and the preacher was trying to get her to get saved, and she wouldn't get saved because she wanted to go to the prom. And she told the preacher, after the prom, I'll get saved. We've all heard that story on the way home. She gets The car gets hit, and mom and daddy get out, and she's trapped in the back seat, and this fella stops and drops a cigarette, and the car blows up and she's dying. You've heard that? I've heard that was Percy Ray. I've heard it was John R. Rice. I've heard it was Phil Kidd. I've heard it was all these J. Harold Smith. It couldn't happen to all of them. <laughs> That's why it's good just to preach what the Bible says. Because when we tell story, we don't get it right. <laughs> I like Brother Dean said, if Spurgeon said everything they said he said, the guy lived to be 400 and he never stopped talking. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what we need. We need Bible preaching. What does the book say? Paul said, preach the Word. Not about the Word. Not around the Word. But preach the Word. There's enough in them 1,189 chapters to preach till the cows come home. Amen. I don't even know what that means. It sounds like a long time. Amen. I say we need Bible preaching. Amen. You believe that? Amen. It was also bold preaching. Yes, sir. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Woo! He called them a bunch of thieves. That's bold right there. And by the way, apparently you can be bold and have a right spirit because yes, Jesus sir. never done anything wrong. That's right. He never had the wrong spirit, never had the wrong attitude. You know what he was? He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they supposed they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they supposed they had been with Jesus. Right. You know what they said? They remind me of that boldness that Jesus had. Yes, sir. Amen. There's a difference between being bold and being brash. Bold is a sign of being spirit-filled. Somebody said, well, I thought humility. Oh, Jesus was humble. He was meek and lowly, but he stood for what's right. We've got this mentality that Christians have to be all like this and keep our head down. We can't say anything. No, we're to stand and we're to honor God and honor God's Word. We're not to be unkind, but we ought to be bold in our stand. Yes, sir. That's kind of church. I don't want to go to a church where a preacher never preaches on sin. Right, right. I want to go to a church 
church where a preacher preaches against sin and he names it. Right. Yeah, right. Wouldn't it be awful to go to church, hear a guy preach, and then wonder what he's talking about? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and say it. Yeah, sure. Tell me what's wrong. Good Amen. It's preacher of the scripture number four. I want to go to a church that promotes supplication. What did Jesus say in our text, verse 13? My house shall be called a house of prayer. Oh, praying is something we miss in this generation, is it not, church? We talk about all the revivals back in the day, but I'm going to tell you what it was. They prayed. We know what? We spend more time on Facebook. We spend more time watching TV. We spend more time talking to everybody else, but we don't spend enough time talking to the Lord. We have disregarded the purpose of prayer, which is fellowship. We have defiled the place of prayer. Jesus said, you've made it a den of thieves. You know what prayer is? Prayer is focusing on the Lord and not ourselves. Thus, when we do not pray, we are robbing God of His preeminence. That's right. Because prayer is not about us. Prayer is about us fellowshipping and have a relationship with the Lord. Right. And I want to go to a church that prays. Amen. I want to go to a church where they just don't talk about prayer, where they just don't mention prayer, but they pray. They pray. Have you talked to the Father today? The Bible said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You know what these children need? These children need to grow up in a church where they see God answer prayer. That's why I need to pray for sinners. And keep praying for them. And mention, we're praying. I'm just pulling a name out of the air. We're praying for Joe to get saved. Joe's lost. He needs to get saved. And can you imagine a church kid sitting there on the pew and one Sunday morning he watches Joe walk in and he watches Joe sit there while the preachers preach and he gets under conviction. Joe goes down the altar and prays and he gets saved. Can you imagine what that do to that child? They know that everybody's been praying for Joe to get saved and it stirs their heart. God is real and God does answer prayer. But if we don't pray, they won't see any answered prayer. Sure. Amen? Yeah. Hey, that's on us, Mom and Dad. Yeah, that's on us, Grandma, Grandpa, Aunts, Uncles. We're to right. pray. Amen. Bible said we're to, men ought always to pray and not to faint, given the idea that if we don't pray, we will what, church? Faint. Right. What happens when you faint? You fall out. I'm not trying to be humorous. That's exactly what happens. When somebody faints, what's the first thing they do? They fall. And I'll tell you, when we're not praying, we are in trouble. We're going to fall. Yes, sir. I want to go to a church that has the presence of the Savior. I want to go to a church, I hope this is making sense tonight, uh, that has the sanctified purity. I want to go to a church that has the preaching of the Scriptures. I want to go to a church that promotes supplication. Number five, I want to go to a church that has the power of the sovereign. Look at verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Amen. First of all, he healed the people that could not see. Could we say those are pictures of lost folks? Because the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them, lest the light of the glorious gospel would shine upon them. I tell you, I won't go to church where people get saved. Amen. So I say, well, we ain't seen nobody saved here in a while. How many lost people have you brought? How many lost folks have you invited? How many people have you tried to get here? Amen. Amen. Then he, he healed the people that could not stand. Could that picture folks that are saved, they can see, but they've got weaker in their faith, only right. to come to the house of God and God touch them and they stand again. That's what revival is. Yes, sir. Amen. I want to go to church where God's power is evident. Amen. Amen. Number six, I want to go to a church that has the praises of the Savior. Look at verse 15. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. 
He didn't, there wasn't another dead church. They were praising the Lord. They were glorifying Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, notice, notice this now. It was the children doing it. Right. Notice the instruction in verse. And notice the instruction. Where do these children learn to praise God? Look at verse number nine of chapter twenty-one. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, "Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest!" And then just a few verses down in that same scene. Should have said, Hosanna! Where'd they learn how to do that? They watched another generation praise God and worship God. And you know what they started doing? They started saying, Hosanna! So I say, Well, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and you do? Go ahead, preacher. Well, I'll tell you, y'all watch that wildfire. Don't you worry about wildfire. There's enough wet blanks right here to put out any wildfire. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. I'm telling you, they were praising God. They were instructed. I got, amen, God's blessed our church. I was telling the preacher, we, we were not a big church. We, we run about what y'all run, and about 60 folks. If everybody's there on Sunday morning, the sun, moon's shining right, the sun's shining right, ain't no family reunions, ain't no race track. Everybody's there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> ain't no pandemic going on. <laughs> but we got nine that are still in diapers. We got a lot of little ones. I love it, man. I mean, I love it. I love it. Of course, one of them's mine. And, and, and we, got, we got a bunch of kids. And I got four little boys at the church. Sattler, he's the ringleader because he's the oldest. He's six. And then I got little Uriah. Uriah just turned three. Or uh, three or I think he just turned three. And then I got Asher. Asher's four. And then I got Grayson. He's two. And those boys, before church, they will, they've already, when my, my boy got, gets there first, he's a preacher's kid. We get there at 6 o'clock, an hour before every service. Wednesday night, I know tonight, they got there about 6 o'clock, and I know what Sattler did. He ran up to the choir, he took one of these chairs, pulled it up to the pulpit, got his Bible, and he started preaching. And then when Uriah got there, he ran up there, and he took his turn preaching. And then Grayson and, and Asher, and after church, they do that. They say the services are better before and after church. <laughs> and here's what them little boys do. I got a chair here and I got a chair here. And Sattler, he's the song leader. And Sattler, he'll sing a song. And he gets done, he'll get down, and he'll introduce the preacher. It's usually Uriah. And Uriah and Sattler walk over and he'll shake his hand. And then he'll sit down and Uriah will get up and he'll preach a while. And then Uriah gets done and Asher will get to preach. And then Grayson gets to preach. So I say, well, I just don't think they ought to be up there. Hey, honey, I'd rather they be doing that than mimicking that beer-drinking crowd mimicking that cigarette-smoking crowd. I tell you, they ain't going to hurt nothing. They ain't going to hurt you. How else, they, how else are they going to learn how to go to church if we don't involve them in church? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, preacher, I broke your pulpit. Amen. There's a shelf that just fell. Amen. We didn't like it. Amen. We'll fix it anyway. Amen. Send Tommy a bill. I got. I, I, I tell you what they they learn. I, I remember I, was, I used to lead the choir for my dad before I started pastoring, and, and I, at that New Grace Baptist Church, where my dad pastored, I was leading the choir, and we had children in the choir. Right. Yeah. Because how are they supposed to learn how to sing our songs? Yeah. Yes, sir. And we had, I, I would call her a lady, but she was not a lady. She was a female. Okay. <laughs> and she came and she said, I just don't like, and, and funny, all people, they talk like that. I just don't like your kids in the choir. I'm just not going to get up there if you're going to let all them kids get. And they wasn't running around acting a fool. They just down there, had the songbook upside down, didn't know what page is on. But they were doing their very best for Jesus. Right. And they were, they, they, they wasn't in the impressing anybody. They just wanted to get up there and do something for Jesus. Amen. You know what I told her? 
I said, ma'am, it'd be good for you to just get on out of the choir. I'd rather have them than you. Plus, you couldn't sing anyway. And I, well, I'm just telling you tonight, if we don't invest in next year, well, they cry. So do you. Well, they get loud. You don't. <laughs> I had somebody say something about a crying baby one time. I said, if you'd shout and say amen, we wouldn't hear them. Right. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. How else are they going to learn? Sure. Amen. How else are they going to know? They, but watch this, the instruction, but watch the involvement. The children were crying. They got involved in it. Yes, sir. I loved, oh, Zach, I love seeing Zach sing last night. Amen. That is a blessing to me, amen. I paid $15 one time, didn't hear singing that good, amen. <laughs> amen. Love, he got involved. Now, now my, 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 my boys at the church, they want to sing and preach for church. Now, they'll get up in the choir, but they won't sing a special. We're still working on their courage, amen. amen. But you know what? You train up a child sure. in the way it should go. Yeah. Don't take this wrong. I don't know if you do or not. I've never been a fan of junior church. Yeah, you got quiet. I hope you don't have one. If, that's, if you do, that's fine. I'm not the pastor here. But here's my thing. We shove them off in a room somewhere, and we don't teach them. We don't teach them how to sit on the pew. We don't teach them. And, and like, hey, sometimes they got to be taken out and dealt with, but bring them back in. Why? Because I know some adults that need to be taken out and dealt with. Amen. Because I'm telling you, can I say something respectful tonight? Some of you older folks with gray hair and no hair, I'm not being mean to you tonight. But you ain't going to be here forever. Jesus is coming or you're going to go to heaven. Sure. And wouldn't it be good for one day, Brother Tommy, one of these little boys running around here to take that song book and say, turn to page 57, let's sing Amazing Grace. How do they learn that? By watching. My little boy, Sider, he has autism. He has a touch of autism. Not, not heavy like some folks uh, do, but he does have a touch of autism. But Sider, he'll watch choir leaders. He'll do his hands. He don't even know what he's doing, but he'll do his hands. How do he learn that? Church. Right. Church is the best place yeah. to keep your family. Yes, amen. Here's, I'm going to give you this and I'm done. Notice the problem that's sad. Yeah. They got mad. You know what this crowd got mad at? They got mad at these children praising God. Read the context, verse 15. They were mad. They were sore displeased. Jesus rebuked them, verse 16. Hearest thou what these say? They said, Hearest thou what these say? Jesus said, Yeah. Have you never read Psalm 8? It's what he's quoting. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, eyes perfected praise. I don't like those kids saying amen and stuff. I'd rather them say amen before they got ignorant like you and quit saying amen. There you go. Yeah. Got full of pride. You know what children don't have? They don't have any pride. Right. They don't care what nobody else thinks. Right. They want to sing. There's Zach. I was looking for I thought she was back here. Zach, there you are. They want to sing and they want to praise the Lord. Right. My little girl is eight months old or nine months old. Nine months old. And my wife was singing the other night holding her and raised her hand. And Judah raised her hand. Nine months old. Hey, you can't started too young teaching them. Right. Amen. You know why it's so important to have a church for your children? Because one day by God's grace, while that preacher's preaching, one day he'll give the invitation. Right. 
and they'll come down. And they'll realize, Mom and Dad's salvation enough. Jesus has to save me. And wouldn't it be good to have a church where Jesus was at, where the Word of God was preached, where they were praying? Amen. You ought to pray. Hey, if you remember this church, you ought to get the name of every child in this church and begin to pray for their salvation. You ought to pray for them every day. God, please save these little ones. God, please save them. God, please save them. Why? Because Jesus said, if you offend one of these little ones, it would be better for a millstone be tied around your neck and be cast to the bottom of the sea. Here's the sad thing. They didn't, want, they didn't want them children praising God in church. So watch what, this is the sad problem. Look at verse 17. And he left them. That's sad. Jesus said, if you don't want to invest in the next generation, then I don't even come to the church here. You talking about, you know, you hear some goofy reason for people leaving church. <laughs> I ain't shake my hands. I got my parking spot. You know why Jesus left the church? He said, you don't want to invest in those children and point them to me? Then I don't have no time for you. Right. Amen. That's scary to me. Yes, yes sir. sir. Absolutely. Yes, Hey, these, these children, that Jesus left the church that did not want to in, in, invest and involve the next generation. Well, preacher, they, these kids, they just... They run around. So did you when you was a kid. Right. Preacher, they're loud. So was you. Well, I'll tell you, my daddy whooped me and all that. I understand all that. And, God bless. and these parents are doing the best they can. Don't be critical. Amen. Your kids ain't an angel. Amen. They may be a fallen angel. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I've had to snap my fingers and say, hey, y'all quit. Now, boys, y'all, now y'all quit talking about preachers preaching. I don't try to embarrass them. Sure. I want to let them know. I, I, I hate to raise kids that hated going to church right. because of the people there. Right. I tell you, the children that come to this church, they ought to look forward. Is it church night? Is it time to go to church? Is it time? And you know, you know who has a part in that? You do. And you do. And you do. And you do. And every member of this church, I, I guess I feel more passionate about this now that i got children. And I'm raising them in church. And I don't want my children to hate church and hate God. Amen. So I said, well, they can get saved without the church. I understand that. that. I know people get saved at home. Don't misunderstand me. But ain't nobody ever got saved in the church dispensation outside the ministry of the local right. church. Right. Amen. Either a preacher, a gospel tract that was paid for by a church, somebody, a Sunday school teacher, a parent, somebody yep. involved with the church. Yep. I want a church for my children, don't you? Amen. Amen. Give me this and I'm done. I'm at 32 minutes. This church is how old? 30 plus? 33 years. To God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Nobody can get glory but Jesus. Preacher, ain't that right? Nobody gets glory but Jesus around here. Amen. I was preaching up in Lynchburg, Virginia uh, earlier this year. And I'm, and don't be, being critical, I'm not a fan of Liberty University. It's extremely liberal. Yes, sir. Thomas Road Baptist Church, not extremely liberal. But when it first started, and when Jerry Falwell first started, he was just like us. Yes, sir. Fireball of a preacher. God used him greatly. And really his story is a story of compromise. Yes, sir. And that's sad. I do not rejoice. I believe Dr. Falwell's in heaven. Yes, sir. But I don't agree with the direction he went. But if you go on Thomas Rhodes' website, they have the Old Time Preaching Hour archives. And you can go on that video, on that channel, and find videos of B.R. Lakin preaching at Thomas Road. Right. J. Harold Smith preaching God's three deadlines. Lester Roloff preaching and the mule walked on. Or when the Lord hung a hippie. I mean, <laughs> preaching. And that great big old Thomas Road Baptist Church and the balcony wrapped around on both sides. 
The man I was preaching for, I, I, I walked around Liberty University one day. Sometimes you're stuck in a motel, you just need to get out and walk around a little bit. And he said, would you like to go see the original Thomas Road Baptist Church? I said, man, I'd love to. I love walking around churches anyway. I said, I'd love to go see it. Of course, you know, they moved Thomas Road to Liberty University, and now it's completely liberal. So we got in, we walked in that church, and when I stepped in that auditorium, I'm talking about four white, beautiful columns out front, just beautiful brick building. I walked in there, Brother Tommy, Pastor, the ceiling was painted black. Had a rock band stuff on the pulpit and they have on the platform, and it's called the Ramp Church now. And Pastor, I stood in the spot where Lester Roloff stood. Right. J. Harold Smith, B.R. Lakin, Oliver Green. BR, J. Harold Smith preached God's three deadlines there one night, and over 300 people got saved. I stood in that spot. You know what I thought to myself? The people in that congregation that night when Dr. Smith preached never thought that their church would have a black ceiling, right. a pulpit gone, and a rock band on the platform. Right. But you know what happened? Somewhere along the way, they quit investing the right things in their children. Yes, sir. And all the good people died off. Right. And there wasn't another generation. Right. I'm not just picking on Thomas Road. It happened at Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga where Lee Robertson was at. Yes. I'm not being disrespectful to those men. Jack Hudson and Charlotte, Northside Baptist Church, it happened there. My, God bless those men's memory. They can't do nothing about it. I'm not right. speaking bad of the dead. But I tell you, they didn't, they didn't invest. I'm not speaking to them individually, but I'm talking about the body as a whole. Right. When those men passed on, I'm telling you, boys, these boys right here, these preachers, the preacher's kids, these, these young people around here, they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. Yes, sir. And you ought to say, you know what, I want to be part of a church that Jesus would go to where the children are taught how to worship God, how to pray, and I want to, I want to do my part to invest. Amen. Just like we teach a babe in Christ, how, here's how we pray, here's how we preach, we ought to do that to our children. Sure. Here's how we pray. We, we kneel down, we bow our head and we close our eyes. We take our Bible when we go to church. Amen. We say amen when the preacher preaches. Right. Amen. You, want, you want to wear this preacher out, teach these kids to say amen. He gets ten kids saying amen, he'll preach, he'll preach all day long. Amen. He'll preach, they'll shout. I mean, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because I'd hate for my kids to see me get more excited over a ball game, right. amen. over a sale at Walmart, over anything, right. more than I do Jesus. The kind of church I want for my children. You've listened so well. Let's stand, please. I appreciate your attention. Maybe you want to come pray tonight and say, God, I want to be the right kind of church member that invests in the next generation for the glory and the honor of God. Father, take the message. Use it for thy glory. I've tried to obey you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>